Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining today's podcast, which is a continuation of our podcast series on topics ranging from accelerating electronic provider payment adoption to developing a modern medical network. I'm Philip Cardona, and I'll be your host for today's discussion. Today, our topic will focus on how health plans can deliver an overarching payment accuracy program with an emphasis on collaboration, moving edits earlier in the payment cycle. Our guest for today's discussion is Mike Spellman, Senior Director for Payment Accuracy Solutions here at Change Healthcare. Mike, before we get started, can you share a little bit with our listeners about your, yourself and your role here at Change Healthcare? Uh, sure, thanks, Philip. Um, so I've been at, with Change Healthcare for almost 10 years now. Um, in my role, uh, I've been spending most of the time with clients understanding what their challenges are from a, a payment accuracy perspective and looking at the different solutions that we have at Change Healthcare, trying to find alignment with what they need to do today and what we can offer them for tomorrow. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Um, so let's just dive in. And a question, you know, I, I, I ask myself and maybe some of our listeners do as well is, you know, the difference between payment accuracy program and a payment integrity program, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, are these more similar than different and curious to get your thoughts and, um, you know, that question itself. Sure. And, and we hear this a lot from customers. And I think the, the payment integrity, in my mind, is more of like a legacy term. A lot of plans were looking at kind of a payment integrity as like a post-pay auto recovery. Sometimes that moved a little bit into prepay. What we look at from a change healthcare perspective is more of a, a wider net in terms of solutions and really looking at payment accuracy is everything from the time the provider submits the claim all the way through that post and post pay audit recovery. So really inclusive of payment integrity. Um, and, and we see this in terms of how some of the plans are structured. They may have had a, a team designated for payment integrity and another team designated that was looking at just primary editing. And so we're trying to bring that together in, in a more cohesive strategy. And, and that's really how we view payment accuracy as kind of a, a complete uh, picture of payment integrity and anything else that they're doing along the claim workflow. Do you find most customers, you know, based on kind of the, the description, you know, if you will, of both those, do you find that most customers, you know, whether it's our customers or maybe, you know, customers were, um, you know, having conversation, active conversations with, do they fall more in that payment integrity bucket versus the payment accuracy? So it's more of a, hey, how do we kind of guide them, if you will, to more of a payment accuracy type of framework? I'd say it's about a mix. Uh, the way that I look at it is when we talk to plans, they kind of fall into different categories. You've got plans that are really just starting out in this space, um, and, and they really don't maybe have any terms around any of this. They're, they just know that they need to do more in the claim workflow um, in terms of applying editing or doing something with kind of provider contracts in that space. As plans have a little bit more levels of maturity, I think they're they're looking to bridge kind of that that area together, taking their payment integrity and looking to do more. So we, we see kind of a mix. And to your, your point earlier, and oftentimes I think the terms are going to get thrown around together. Um, but uh, as, as plans are really kind of getting more advanced in this space, they're looking to create more efficiencies in that. And that's really where we look at payment accuracy and, and the idea of payment accuracy optimization is looking at that whole process and how do you create more efficiency, create a better process. And, and what that means is making sure that you've plugged all the gaps, making sure that you have the most efficient solutions in the place, that they're working together and trying to move editing earlier into the workflow and really kind of reduce costs and provider abrasion along the way. 
And so when you say move editing early into the workflow, you know, conceptually, I'm assuming that's more of a shift, right, from right to left pre-adjudication. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, the, the market term right now is is moving things from right to left or moving things earlier. The way that I look at that is, is that is the goal, but it's not always kind of the end game. The most important thing is looking at what you're trying to do and figuring out the best place. Now, the reason we see a lot of shifting from right to left is there's a lot of, of savings to be gained by moving stuff out of a postpay into a prepay. For example, when something's in the postpay, you may be recapturing 60 to 70% of those savings once they go out the door. So even if you identify something, you're not necessarily getting 100% of that back versus if you do that in the prepay, you're retaining 100% of the savings. So that's where the industry has got a lot of drive about moving stuff from right to left or from postpay to prepay. But when you look at payment accuracy and, and looking at optimizing that, the idea is really where is the best place to review that claim? And in some cases, it might be in postpay. So we don't want to necessarily eliminate that. But we want to look at each concept as it comes through and figure out the best place to do that. Defining the best is going to be a couple different factors. It's going to be what is it the impact on the organization from an administrative perspective? Um, can we move it into prepay? Is there cost savings to do that? Are we losing anything by moving it from its current place? Or are we gaining something? And then the final thing is, what's the impact on the provider? And how do they play a role in this and, and generating some transparency into what we're doing and making sure that they understand maybe why they're getting paid less for a certain service versus another. So it's really factoring in not just moving right to left, but figuring out the best place to do that. But in a lot of cases, moving it into prepay is going to produce a lot of additional value to the organization. And so you mentioned the provider, you know, it's an interesting uh, perspective, right? Most times when you're thinking about payment accuracy programs, you know, unfortunately for myself, providers kind of aren't, you know, something that bubbles, you know, up to the top and part of that. So, you know, what have you, you know, the customers that you work with, at least the most successful ones, how do you see them approaching the provider in terms of, hey, this is our approach. This is kind of a new, maybe not a new program, but right, we're kind of rethinking, re-engineering, if you will, payment accuracy, and it might impact you, right? Do you, can you share a little bit with the listeners about how they should approach that conversation and what you've seen as kind of successful? Yeah, so there's a couple different things. I think when you look at from a market perspective, plans look at their network and that's a that's an asset to them what providers are in their network so there is a little bit of a, a balance in terms of deploying edits to make sure that you're not paying for something you shouldn't but also trying to do so in a manner that's not disruptive to the provider and that that increases when you start to ask for medical records from a provider and i'll, I'll come back to that when you talk to some of the senior executives of the C-suite of plans, their their first thing is around provider operation, and that's what we often hear is kind of like their number one concern. And so that really factors in. Even when we talked about moving things from right to left, we want to make sure that we are really creating a partnership with the providers and that they're part of the solution. If they're not, that's going to tend to lead towards provider operation. So as you look at this and how you engage with the providers, a key component of that is transparency throughout the process. We don't want to just turn on edits and say, oh, hey, by the way, you know, we're going to stop paying for this. But you want to give some lead time. If it's a medical policy, you want to make sure that's published and transparent to the providers so that they have some awareness of that. And in some solutions where you are outreaching to the providers, it, it can be more collaborative or educational in, in how you connect with those providers. In the market today, one of the themes that we're seeing is, and following up on that kind of concept of, of post-pay to prepay, is moving DRG, um, diagnosis-related group or editing. It's inpatient claims. There's a lot of dollars associated with that. There's a lot of vendors in the industry 
that are focused on this today and moving stuff into the prepaid. So when you think about how you actually do that, at least for change healthcare, we have the technology to do that. We have the components in place with our payment accuracy solutions. But that doesn't mean we're just going to lift and shift and take our postpaid DRG solution and move it into the prepay. Because there's a lot of considerations on how you do that. What are your provider contract states? And this is where we're coming back to the providers. What do your provider contracts allow prepay editing? If they don't, you need to start to look at how you can engage with the providers to update those contracts. But you're also potentially delaying their payment by moving stuff into the prepay. So you want to make sure they're on board. Do they understand that moving to prepay means you're not going to be doing post-pay audit, pay and chase, or you know, collecting the money after, but really kind of partnering with them and the health plan. It's really kind of a, a triangle in a sense. So making sure that you have the right vendor to move stuff forward, the providers on board with the plan, and that you work together to figure out that strategy. And that's going to lead towards more success. So a little bit of a long-winded answer around providers, but the idea of moving content forward, you have have to have the providers involved otherwise you're going to create more abrasion and you're going to end up setting your whole program back a few steps where if you work together create that sense of transparency make sure the solutions that are in place are really partnering with your organization uh, you have a better success to moving stuff from the postpay into the prepay and really targeting kind of that prepay drg um, which is a, is a popular topic in the market today yeah what would you you know, for for a customer or listener, you know, um, kind of starting from scratch, if you will, you know, they have some postpay activities, which would be somewhat, you know, I think naturally assumed, maybe some prepay, maybe not as much. And it's within different pockets within their organization, within different business units, right? And PL owners, if you will. You know, what where would you recommend somebody to start, you know, almost working backwards as you described, saying, you know, they have a vision of where they want to be in a year from a payment accuracy program and where they're at today is much different than that. You know, is it, um, you know, kind of could you could you walk the listeners through maybe a, a couple first steps of say, you know, if you're going to start anywhere, these are the things that I'd recommend. Sure, sure. I think that the biggest thing is to make sure you have some type of partner in place to help guide you through that. Somebody who's been through this before. It's not something when we look at this payment accuracy, it's easy to say, oh, you know, we've got a gap here, let's plug in a solution. But these things don't happen overnight. Some of these solutions take months to get in, but there's also months and months of reviewing policies and requirements, understanding what the plan has in place and figuring out how that needs to be tuned or tailored into that specific model. So I would recommend at this point, if, if a plan's really early on, that they engage with uh, a, a partner like Change Healthcare who can help come in and do some type of assessment, really look at what they're doing today and where they're trying to go. Um, and, and the reason for that is you look at plans, there's some, there's not too many plans really who have nothing in place. As you mentioned, almost every plan is going to have some type of primary code edit and maybe some type of post-pay on recovery. And then as plans grow, they start to va- uh, stack vendor solutions in place and Pretty soon, you know, you have a claim workflow that has maybe 15 different vendors in it. And and that's a difference. So if you're starting out, then I would recommend assessment. But if you're a little bit more that maturity where you've got all these solutions in place, then really this, it's a similar type of assessment that you want to do. But now you're looking for efficiencies in the process. You're not necessarily looking to plug gaps and making sure that you have the right partners and the right solutions in place to get that efficiency and make sure that everything is is connected and you're getting the synergies of cohesive strategies and, and making sure you're partnering and creating that transparency with the providers. Yeah, it's really that kind of one plus one equals three mantra from a claim workflow, right? From from start to finish. Um, otherwise, you know, you have 
And we see it all the time and it's somewhat expected, but, you know, as you mentioned, you know, different partners may be doing different things. Um, you know, there's miscommunication kind of along the continuum, if you will, right? And that really decreases value and, um, you know, doesn't achieve that optimization that you're describing. So do you, would you say that's more common in the marketplace where a customer might have, you know, multiple uh, partners kind of doing, you know, a number of different payment accuracy functions within their within their plan? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really kind of term it as missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. When you look at where a lot of plans are, the more mature plans who are doing this, and, and we're seeing this too in terms of just outreach from plans. They're not necessarily asking us for our experience with a specific solution, but really a challenge that goes across solutions and how do we help solve that from an organizational perspective. And this, your, your point about the one plus one equals something greater than two, you know, hopefully it's three, we'd like to get there. But that is where a plan today who has solutions in place, they, they've they been doing this for years, that is the next step for them. You have this, let's say the plan's got 10 vendors across the claim continuum. Those vendors are not acting in concert. They're not sharing information. So you're missing out on that opportunity to move stuff forward from right to left as we talked about earlier. So let's say you have a data mining vendor who's mining your data in the post pay. Then you've got another vendor who's doing secondary code edits. That, that post pay data mining vendor finds this repeated concept and they just continually uh, recapture that in the post pay when the better fit for that is in the prepay space. So not only is it less administrative cost because you're not adjusting claims or of the savings because it's done in the prepay and the post pay and it's less abrasive on the provider. But because those are not connected solutions, you're not getting that synergy or that additional savings that greater than one plus one equals two. You're sitting there with one plus one equals two. When you start to combine those solutions, and if you have the same vendor doing this, and this is part of Change Healthcare's payment accuracy strategy, is if we're installed in both the post-pay and the prepay, our solutions don't act independently. They act connected. And we'll find something in the data mining in that post-pay, and we're going to move that into the prepay, and we'll be able to show that and demonstrate that to you. And you'll see that additional value, that additional cost savings by moving stuff into the prepay. So that's really, for a plan, you know, your earlier questions around plan starting out, they need to better understand what the market's doing and we would work with them to understand where they want to go. For the plans that are more established, this is the key year. That is the point. How do I get more value? You always hear you know, plans trying to get uh, negotiate for lower costs and different things. Well, there's other ways to get that savings and it's through these connected solutions, creating a more efficient solution. It really creates that, it enhances the overall transparency and the partnership between solutions. It lowers the administrative costs and it keeps more of the savings in the health plan's pocket rather than paying out to different vendors. You know, and can you, you know, I was on a, a customer call, gosh, it was yesterday. Um, we we're talking about some post-pay activities and a question that came up, you know, towards the end of the call, um, you know, it was around fee schedules, right? Because I know within this this domain, it's, you know, there's contingency fees, there's licensing fees. Um, you know, could you give a little bit of the, a flavor of your kind of how you see the marketplace where you think the blend um, or the optimal kind of point would be for customers? Because, you know, everybody... You know, everyone's trying to reduce their cost structure, their fixed, you know, their fixed costs. I mean, that's pretty natural. But, you know, do you feel like it's it's either or do you see a blend of uh, a little bit of licensing, a little bit of contingency as kind of the, the optimal model? 
I'd say it's 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 along the lines of a blend or like a mixed model approach. I think there's two types of solutions that we see in the payment accuracy space. You're going to have some license-based solutions and you're going to have some contingency-based solutions. I look at it as almost kind of like a is it a software or a service? And if you're you have a software, you want to you're you're hopefully in a license model with that um, where you're going to try to maximize your investment and what you're getting out of that. If there's certain elements that can be done in that, you want to make sure those are be done in that. The other things that are going to support that are going to be service and are going to tend to be contingency based or shared savings. And I think that's appropriate in the sense because you want to incentivize the vendors and the partners to really strive to continue to look for new stuff. But it's that mixed model. It's that blend of you continually find stuff and is it possible to move it into that license model? And I think that's really the sweet spot as you look at all of the different opportunities along the claim workflow, how you can interact with the claim, find savings. This is part of going back to that earlier question about that payment accuracy optimization, finding the best place for it. And if you have the right partner, we go back to that data mining example, the the right place for that concept is not necessarily in that post-pay contingency-based solution, but maybe it's in a primary editor or maybe it's in a secondary editor that has a different fee structure. You want to figure out the best place and that looking at the cost of that and that audit and, and how you're getting those savings, what you're paying for those savings is part of it. So to really answer your question, I think that the sweet spot here is really a blended model between shared savings and license model. If you can get and, and primary editor is a good example of a license based model based solution. Claims Extend is Change Healthcare's primary editor, um, really the market leader in that space. So that's a license based model. We work with plans that have Claims Extend installed in our other solutions to really maximize their investment. We're not just looking to sell additional solutions behind Claims Extend, but rather make sure that they're getting the most out of Claims Extend and support that with the other solutions versus replace them. And I think if you have those solutions, really working together and and creating that blended approach in terms of the cost. I think you're going to see plans maximize the opportunity in this space, make sure they're getting the most savings, but do so at the lowest cost versus vendors that are purely just operating on a contingency basis in this space. You know, I'm, it seems as though kind of based on that response, kind of from a value perspective and a financial perspective and just kind of overarching, you know, reflecting on here on this conversation, it's really kind of a change management function, right? Because to your point, there's, you know, there's a handful of, you know, health plans customers out there that, you know, are really starting from scratch. I think that's more the exception than the norm. But, you know, there are activities that are occurring today. They have some prepay, postpay activities. But to pull all that together and kind of go to a future state, it's really, you know, it's almost sometimes I feel like less about the technology, more about um, the vision of how you can get there. I mean, do you feel like some of that, some of those customers that you're speaking with is really kind of a, an organizational cultural change that you really have to talk to them about before you even get to the technology part? Yeah, there's definitely, it's definitely both in there. I mean, I think the technology, what you find in some of the the engagements with customers is you want to have some technical folks there because they're going to ask the questions usually at the the end of the meeting. Once you kind of walk through the business strategies, the technical folks say, can that really be done or how would that work? So you need to be able to answer both, but you're, you're right. I think the first thing is really looking at the organization and making sure that the plans that we work with uh, they're aware of these opportunities. And we get that. A lot of our key contacts at some of the plans that we work closely with are asking us for messaging to help with the executives. Like, how do we explain the value of these solutions? We see them. We're in there every day working with you. But how can you help us craft that message to the executives so they understand that these solutions, A, are necessary 
and B, how they work and, and how they support our organization. So there's definitely a mix of that today, really making sure that the plans have that awareness of the value that these solutions are bringing. And it, it's also, it's not just the executives. I think what we're also seeing an increase um, is in some of the large ASO plans and the large employer groups. They're getting more active in the space. So it's a communication that really needs to go beyond just some uh, kind of the, the executives at the plan, but also some of the key stakeholders that they have in terms of their ASO groups. And, and this goes back to one of the earlier themes. We talked about transparency. You know, maybe we we missed a, a spoke on the wheel when we talked about providers, plans, and and the right, the right partners. But, you know, there's also an employer group component of this. So uh, you really need to factor into this entire solution, the messaging and explaining the value of it and, and having transparency within it will help throughout the process. Well, Mike, um, thank you for your time. Uh, we, you know, I personally appreciate. It. I hope the audience did too as well. I mean, you know, having your insights um, was informative um, for the group in this discussion. For our listeners, don't forget to check out the show notes for links to resources and contact information related to today's show. As part of our series, stay tuned for additional Change Healthcare podcasts and for more information on our payment accuracy offerings and other healthcare IT topics. Please visit changehealthcare.com. I'm Philip Cardona, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You've been listening to the Change Healthcare Podcast. For more information on this and other healthcare IT topics, please visit changehealthcare.com. Don't forget to check the show notes for useful links to related resources and our contact information. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.